This is Tara Grenovd with the Grounding and Growing Leadership Podcast, powered by Align, and this is episode 15. I recently had a leader tell me that their team is like dealing with a bunch of high schoolers. There's a lot of drama, and they feel like emotions are taking over the team. And honestly, what's lacking for this team and for many teams and leaders is emotional maturity. Listen today as Pamela and I dive into this important topic. Welcome to the Grounding and Growing Leadership Podcast, where everyone is a leader and leadership starts with you. I'm Tara. And I'm Pamela. Thank you for listening and inviting us along on your leadership journey. So Pamela, I was recently talking to a client of ours that a lot of the work we do in leadership coaching is about emotional regulation. Yes. In fact, I think almost all of the work in leadership has to do with whether or not we have the ability to regulate our own emotions and then how we respond to the emotions of others. Brene Brown has this quote, leaders must either invest a reasonable amount of time attending to the fears and feelings or squander an unreasonable amount of time trying to manage ineffective and unproductive behavior. But what we've both seen can happen is this goes sometimes too far in the other direction. Yeah. And now emotions are leading instead of us just managing and working with them, right? And the problem is, from my perspective, emotions are real, they're important information, but they are temporary and they're not always helpful. So what is the thing that we wrestle with between, because I think in our leadership culture, it's either let's shut them all out or let's over cater to them and now we can't get anything done because we have to stop every five minutes to honor someone's emotions. Like, where's the balance? Thank you so much for saying that because it does feel that in this space, a lot of people are just either very invested or done. And, and we need to find that middle ground because you want people to feel cared for and heard, seen and valued, but also not coddled and, and given too much care and attention to this emotion. And I'm going to say emotions are information. Their information and how we feel is real, but it's not always the total truth. So again, Mm -hmm. information, I can have a feeling about something, but it may not even be based on the exact something that I'm presented with. It could be that something is coming up and it's from a trigger. Somebody else made me feel this way in my past. A former boss made me feel this way. I had a similar situation. And so that feels like this big wave coming forward into a conversation. The person who's across from you in the conversation has no idea what wave that they are being hit with, but it feels very real to you. And so at that point, we want to recognize that we can grow into being emotionally mature and understanding what's happening within us Mm -hmm. so that we can then move from this emotion or this feeling that might be hijacking us in the moment to examine what's happening within us so that we can then move forward, honor it, move forward and make a decision that's going to be impactful for myself and for others as I'm in the workplace, as I'm at home. And all of that put all together looks like emotional maturity. And that's what we want to talk about today. Yeah, because I think often in leadership development or when we're, you know, learning as a leader, We want a set of boxes to check. Like I have these skills 
a set of competencies. If you've ever been in a larger organization, they probably had a set of leadership competencies that you're supposed to adhere to. If you're in a smaller business, you just want to know, I don't know, how do I get my team to, to move, right? But wow. whatever it is, we're looking for tangible things. And I think we've, we knew this before, but Pamela, you and I have really come to understand in maybe a deeper way the incredible value of emotional maturity for a leader. And really, if it's missing, there's not a lot else that can be done to make progress. Yes, because you're hijacked, your team gets hijacked, because we do work with humans who do have feelings that rise up. And so it is very important. This is an important conversation to have today and not something that is out of the scope of leadership. It has to be in our leadership capabilities and our leadership mastery as we continue to learn and grow and be a better leader. So I just wanted to give a little working definition for us of what emotional maturity is. Okay, so here we go. In really simple terms, emotional maturity is our ability to manage and regulate our emotional responses as per need of the situation that we're in. It's my ability to tolerate the stress and the natural anxiety that is going to rise up in my situation in my life and to be able to self-regulate rationally and not in haste. It's my ability to receive others' information and how they're experiencing a situation and gather it all, being curious, then meet the needs of the situation in a way where others feel heard and valued and honored, along with me being able to state honestly where I am at in it and then be able to, to move and regulate in the situation. Yeah. And I think if you're listening, you might think emotional maturity and you might think of someone who's emotionally immature might come to mind. And here's the tricky part about that. It can look a variety of different ways. If you've got someone who's maybe somewhere on the narcissism scale, emotional immaturity might come out as anger, as, as someone who just wants to plow through other people's emotions, who doesn't give a lot of thought or care to theirs and honestly doesn't give a lot of care to their own because they're not slowing down to recognize that there's maybe something underneath they need to address. And honestly, that's a lot of the workplace culture we're transitioning out of these days, right? Is a lot of emotional immaturity in leaders who've never been challenged to look at it differently. Yeah. But you and I have also seen it where there's someone who's extremely compassionate, who is who cares deeply about other people, but also has some emotional immaturity and isn't aware of how their maybe overinvestment in emotions kind of carries them away and can kind of derail a whole team. And so, yeah, I just wanted to point out that it's a spectrum and yeah. it kind of depends on you, right? Yeah, it does. It can look like that anger and that might feel like a strength to that person. However, anger is a secondary emotion to fear. And so it can come out as somebody who's just really loud and brash, but it's because I have to do something here. And so that comes out in a way that looks like anger. And from the other perspective, it looks like caring. And you can, in an emotionally mature person, learn how to care without carrying someone else. And that's where you've taken on everyone else's emotions along with yours. And then we just get stuck in the weeds. So if I'm someone listening, Pamela, and I'm not sure 
if I'm an emotionally mature leader or not? What are some signs that I am or maybe signs that I'm not and have some work to do? I want to highlight a few, and this is actually coming from the professional psychology world, combining several different best resources that we have found. The first one actually is flexibility. (laughs) So an emotionally mature person isn't going to think in terms of all of these black and whites, or again, that feeling that's going to rise up in me, but my flexibility is going to allow for me to be curious. And when I get curious, I actually slow down. Tara, you just said earlier in another podcast that we did a quote around slowing down. Can you remind us what that quote is? Yeah, it's one of my favorite quotes. And I learned it from Bob Mahold, who used to be in the military. And he said, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. So the ability to recognize that just driving harder and faster isn't going to help us make progress, slowing down to ensure everyone's coming along, but also that we have the right pieces in place. Yeah. And in a situation that there are a lot of moving pieces, especially in a crisis, that ability to be curious and flexible will allow your team to remain calm and not feel overwhelmed by any certain one perspective or choice that they have to make. You are going to have to choose a path, but I want to follow a leader who shows up as a first responder. They are calm because they have prepared themselves to be calm in that place of crisis They're able to assess all the things that are happening and then come up with the best plan of action. It requires flexibility. It requires curiosity. It requires us not to have a singularly focused set of lenses that always has one action plan happening, but to be able to look around and assess what the needs are for that moment. Do you want to say more about that, Tara? Where have you seen that show up? Yeah, I think... It's interesting because there are some leaders that I've worked with who are really flexible in some ways and then really hold firm in others. And I think the flexibility has a lot to do with allowing for people to be human. Yeah. You know, allowing people to be human. And of course, circumstances are going to come. And then how you respond to that absolutely matters. Where... Those same healthy leaders I see are not as flexible as around their core values. Like we're going to hold true to the values that make us who we are. So we're not going to jettison those. Or maybe we've set some goals. I've also seen flexibility needed around, you know what, the circumstances have changed dramatically since we set this goal. Yeah. And we can either burn ourselves out trying to get there or adjust our sales. Yes. So good. So there are some places where holding true to something is really key, but I think all of what you're saying around that flexibility is that a grounded leader is able to be flexible because there's a sense of security in themselves and they aren't getting a sense of security from the circumstances or from their team. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Another one that really is highlighted and we see this in humility, but I'm going to call it taking responsibility and owning what they need to own. And so this is a person who isn't rising up in defensiveness and shifting blame and posturing over to other people. They're recognizing that, hey, this was my team and the responsibility is on my shoulders. And as a mature person, I can recognize that 
I potentially made a mistake, but I know that I'm not a mistake. Mm. (laughs) And if I think I'm a mistake, I'm mistaken. That whole perspective, if you think you are a mistake and you are in leadership and a mistake then qualifies you as being a mistake, you need to do some serious work around insecurity because you are in that position as a leader. And if you're an insecure leader in that place and you can own your stuff and be humble and grounded where you're shifting circumstances and blame off to other people, you will have a team that will not trust you and a team that will eventually not bring problems to you because of how you will put it back on them and not own anything. And so it's really important from an emotionally mature leader to own and take responsibility and be humble. Yeah. And you, if you have ever found yourself overreacting yeah. to something, this, that's a good example of maybe where you're not taking full ownership of something. Sure, some things happen to us, but most of the time, especially when we're in leadership, we've had a role that we're playing in that we have an opportunity we could improve. And so having that humility to learn from the circumstances helps us stay in that posture of taking ownership and recognizing that. I would also say that this is one where that inner security and where we're getting our security matters. Pamela, and something I don't mean for this to be a funny trail, but I think it's important You as a leader, yes, you need to be emotionally mature. And hopefully you're doing that work because it's really great modeling and you're going to build trust and it's going to provide a safe space for the people on your team to become more emotionally mature. But all of the work that you have to do as a leader, ideally you are then also encouraging and helping your team members to do because if your team is emotionally immature, you're going to continue to run into issues as well. Yeah. And I'm going to say there's a statistic on this, but you're only as strong as your weakest link. (laughs) If you have one person on your team who is that emotionally immature piece, the one who is constantly causing drama, constantly speaking of a crisis, constantly gossiping and going behind people's back and questioning, not asking questions about being curious, your whole team feels dysregulated and derailed. It's like when you're sitting at a table and the facilitator doesn't shut down a person who's talking too much kindly, you know, but to be able to say, you know, thank you. Let's hear from other people. Everyone at the table feels tense. And believe me, your whole team is going to feel tense if you aren't challenging everyone on your team to do their own work. That also needs to be that personal responsibility of that teammate to grow even outside of the workplace because again we show up as whole people so really asking our team members helping people say you know what the emotions you have here are okay but the behavior is not yeah and we'd like to encourage you to do some work in this area so that you can show up as a healthier team member because our team members can absolutely one one rotten apple but then absolutely have an impact on the rest of the team, right? Yeah. And so asking them to take ownership of the work they need to do, I think it can be tempting to say it's all the leader and not always all the leader. The team members make up part of that team too. Yeah. And this is another point in that, in that transparency where the leader is then modeling and asking his team members, what is it like to be on the other side of me? So 
talked about this previously, but this is a Jeff Henderson quote. He experienced it at Chick-fil-A and then brought it to North Point Ministries, but it's such a powerful question. And when your team members can do that with one another, receive that loving feedback, that healthy, kind, true feedback from our teammates, then I can see where I might have blind spots and I'm not coming across the way that I want to in the most healthy way. And so when the leader models that and opens up the dialogue for that question, it then encourages the team members to do the same. Yeah. Pamela, give us one more. What's, what's one more example of someone who's emotionally mature? Okay. So then this is somebody who recognizes that the things that we go through strengthen our muscles of resilience. I don't live in a victim place. So we're walking through something hard. I am emotionally mature because of the hard things that we're experiencing in our team with growth, in our industry, in this economic challenge, in this political challenge, whatever it is. But because I've walked through hard things and become resilient on the other side, I then get to share that resilience with other people. And I can show where I've grown and encourage people to step up in the same way rather than sitting in that place of being a victim. I love this. And I think it's, I just want to point out the difference. And maybe we can talk a little bit about the difference between that and just saying, it'll all be fine. It'll all be good. We can do, we've got this. I think sometimes what you've just talked about can be mistaken for, we just have to have a better attitude. And that isn't resiliency. Resiliency Mm -hmm. isn't saying I'm going to put a mask on or I'm going to put blinders on to the reality of what we're dealing with. Yeah. And just pretend like it's not hard. Resiliency requires us to acknowledge how hard things are when they're hard. And you are lose trust with your team if you don't. Right. And it's living in that tension that we talk about. We build muscles because it's hard and some things have broken down. But again, what often happens in the bones in our body is that because we've had a stress fracture or another fracture, that, that the bone has then grown back stronger and I recognize what it can do in stress. So you take that positivity, which you were talking about. So you were explaining that, oh, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. You know, that view isn't meeting me compassionately with my fears. And so I want to address the fears and to say, you know what? Nope, this is hard. We're going to have to lift more weights. We're going to have to come together in this way, but I'm not leaving you. We are going to grow through this. And on the other side of this, there is going to be some gold within us as a team because we were resilient together that will help us handle the next challenge. And this will seem like something really easy on the other side. It's moving people from that victim place of why it's happening to me, to that victor place. Now look what is happening through me because of this thing that was hard. Oh, that's so good. What's happening through me and done. Yeah. So Gallup recently came out with some research around burnout and resiliency, and we should do a whole separate podcast about that actually, because it's fascinating. But one of the resiliency tools they talk about is recognizing when you've done something hard before and learning from it and thinking about and just reminding yourself that you have, you have gotten through and even been successful through hard things. And I would say it's hard to do that when we aren't supported. It's hard to do that when we feel isolated or lonely or like we're in it alone. And so 
you know, another important resiliency key around emotional maturity is to not do this work by yourself. So important there because I need to be able to name what is happening to me. We talk about naming, taming, and reframing it. And when I name it to myself, that goes so far. But when I name it to someone else and it's acknowledged, it feels like the pressure valve is let off of the situation and it's acknowledged. And then together, then we can tame what is actually happening in my head and my experiences and my fears for my team, corporation, and then for myself personally. And then I reframe it with my supervisor, with my teammates. And again, it gives that vision for how to walk through it to the other side. So as we're closing on this episode, (laughs) I think the bottom line is there is work to do if we want to mature ourselves as emotionally mature and healthy leaders. And it is the work of leadership. So maturing our own emotional capacity and our ability to manage our own emotions and to respond in healthy ways to other people's emotions is not easy work, but it is worthwhile and important work. We're going to have some resources for you linked in the show notes, but also reach out to us. You can do a free discovery session with us and just learn more. So if this is work that you've been wanting to do, but you're not sure how to get started, um, if something we said today trip to trigger for you and you realize that this is something that is work that you need to do in order to make progress, we'd love to talk to you about what that could look like. Yeah, we sure would. And I just want to say from an individual standpoint that even if something we have talked about today reminded you of a situation, we call it a trigger, that it we can feel it in our throat or sometimes in our stomach, and it feels like it's coming forward, either for you personally or for a situation at work. One of the tools that we use along with really deep breathing and naming what's true, I love to say this chapter of your life, we are going to put that in a box that we're going to attend to at a time when somebody else is going to witness what's hard with me. And in that witnessing, that's a one-on-one that becomes a counseling session with myself, with somebody else who's trusted, with a really good, what I call soul friend to you. And then you open up that box, you open up that chapter. And during that time, you can process that in a healthy way. When you do that, that then allows the space in your brain to open up to creativity, to open up to resiliency, to open up to possibilities. But if you have to picture it today, picture it as a chapter that you open up at certain times when it's safe. And and hey, we would love to be a part of that conversation with you. I encourage you to reach out to someone or to contact us here. We also want to get your feedback on this episode. As Tara said, we are here at Tara at aligntransform.com for your questions. And we look forward to a next impactful episode. Come on.